Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 49 of Season 4 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com with Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Heather Baxendale of Word of Hellmouth. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Hello, and thank you for having me back again. Uh, I, I hope you've recovered from the last uh, few days. They, yes, they... it was it was it was exhausting. I admit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I slept for like three days straight with chocolate. There you wonderful. Go. <laughs> Why not? You know, we we all have to uh, envy uh, Meg Ryan's performance. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, after after listening to the to the commentary, I'm quite happy that we got to actually see Meg Ryan uh, perform that scene because in order to prepare for it, apparently Rob Reiner did the whole scene for Billy Crystal, and you know during one of the takes. And <laughs> okay, first of all, I would pay to see that. Secondly, I don't know how he could have sat through it. And not just been in utter hysterics. <laughs> it's, right. And I mean, Rob Reiner actually says on the commentary that he was a little nervous because it's the first time he ever had an orgasm in front of his mother. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're funny people. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. That's very true. But we're, we're already done with the diner scene. That, that we're, we're done with that. We've, we've moved on. <laughs> no more orgasms, guys. At least, no, at least not, for today. Not on the show, at least. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, episode 49 begins with two sledding kids aiming for the camera and ends with Harry taking Sally for a dip. So, we, we started at, at the end of yesterday's minute. There was probably, I think, about 15 or 20 seconds, uh, you know, after we finished the, the deli scene. So we got some some nice shots of New York in in the winter. You know, we get to see we get to hear Ray Charles, you know, singing uh, Winter Wonderland. Winter Wonderland. Yeah. Doing a great job, and you know, the it ended with with a whole bunch of families, you know, on like a hill, and two kids and two sleds coming down the, you know, the hill, and the way this minute begins is one of those two sleds is aimed right at the camera. I mean, it's it's a good thing this movie isn't 3D because they really do come right at the camera. And it's uh it's it's very interesting the the way that they that they do that because usually in movies that are not 3D, they 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 don't try to come close to the screen. No, you know, no, not at all. You know, I mean this this really would have been perfect for those kids just to pop out of of the screen, you know. You know, if this was the last action hero, they would they would be in the theater. You know. Oh, that's a great movie too. <laughs> it's a fun movie. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a great movie. Okay, fair, it's, fair. Okay. It's it it's, is a uh, good time. It's it's a it's a it's it's a movie that's made for movie lovers. That's what it comes yeah. down to. You know, yeah. people like us who love watching movies and live what goes on on the screen, that's why that, that movie is a fun movie. But people, it, it did really poorly in the box office because most people are not like us. We're unique. We're, we're we crazy. We're, we're unique, crazy people. And, <laughs> or we're unique, crazy movie people or movie crazy. No, crazy movie people, I would say. Yes. <laughs> That's that's like. Do you ever do you ever find yourself in a social situation with people that you don't know that well, or or people that you're just getting to know, and somebody starts talking about a movie or something that you're into, and you're like, I know more than all of you. Will you stand back while I unleash the dragon breath and explain everything I feel about this movie? I'm just like, I that, I, that I don't doesn't know just happen. <laughs> that doesn't just happen to me in in normal social situations. I mean, that happens to me at work. You know, like people at work will start talking about a movie or something like that, and they'll be like, "I know so much more about this than you do. <laughs> Let me try and explain it to you." And they're like, I, "I don't really care." And I'm like, "Well, then why are you even bringing it up?" <laughs> yes. Well, and then it's the excitement too. It's the excitement. It's part of the reason I think we all love podcasting too, is because you know we get so excited about all of. The, I mean, that's how you end up with a minute by minute podcast. Yeah, of course. Let's be honest. Of course, for sure. It's because all of those things are so exciting to us. I mean, I. There's very few times that you experience that euphoric childhood joy, and usually it's it's in those scenarios. Correct. So I either have to completely hold back and be like, yes, 
I have seen Terminator before. I'm not telling you that I've watched it 500 times. In fact, actually, I have watched it 500 times. Would you like me to go now? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I was, I was so yeah. Difficult. I remember a few years ago I was I was I was at my dentist, who, who I'm also friends with. I've known him for for 30 years. You know, he's 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 like a year or two older than me. So I mean, we were both counselors in camp at the same time, I and mean, we know each other a really long time. And you know, he always plays like uh, movies or TV shows. You know, while you know for for the the you know for the patient to be watching and stuff like that and he was like flipping through one time and he came to memento and he goes you know i really don't understand this movie you must know it because he knows that i'm a movie guy so he's like can you explain it to me and i'm like okay well you're working on my mouth right now um you know i can't really talk but he understands you know when when people you know when people have foam or whatever it is in their mouth you know he understands what we're saying i just feel stupid talking that way yes you know? Yes, mine does the same thing to me. How are you doing today? I'm like, I don't know. And he and continues. Yes. Exactly. He continues the conversation. So I was actually able to explain to him about Memento, you know, what, what the, the basis is for it and how it works and, and the ending. He didn't get the ending. And I was like, okay, it's so simple. This is the ending. And he's like, really? I didn't understand that. And I'm like, okay, fast forward to that part and watch it. And now, now you'll see it. So, you know, I, I have it all the time. really good you know, exchange. Usually people look at you like, I don't need all of that information. Thank you so much for telling me more than I wanted. Usually it's not that. That's that's actually pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, because no, because he knows that I'm a person he can go to and ask questions and I actually know the answers about movies, that type of thing. But when I You're told him movie encyclopedia. Exactly. That's true. And when when I told him uh, like uh, two years ago that I was doing a movies by minute, then he wasn't interested anymore. You know, then he was like, <laughs> OK, you're just too crazy. <laughs> That's just too much. Too much. Cross so, whatever. Across the line. Yeah, man, basically. You know. <laughs> oh well. I I don't I don't think there is a line. You know, it's I might have crossed other people's lines, but my line is very far away. I mean, come no. on, anyone who's listened to the two of us talking in the last three days knows that the line is very thin. There, it's very, very <laughs> and thin. very far away. <laughs> I can I can always gauge somebody too when they walk into our house. The first media room they enter, I mean, our entire house is just kind of nerdy anyway, but the first media room they enter is mine. Three of the walls are blood red and one is black. And all I have are, are is, is just movie memorabilia everywhere and TV and just nerdy stuff in general and books and that kind of thing. So if someone walks in, usually there's a reaction to the red and it's, so you like red, huh? No, <laughs> no, not at all. I hate it. I thought this would be great. I like torturing myself. I'm a masochist. But, but the uh, maybe, next thing maybe is, you are. <laughs> <laughs> also true. Uh, but the the next thing is is watching their eyes go around and start they start to look at everything and all all of the shelves with little things and all of the pictures and and I kind of have fun watching them. Try to figure out what everything is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of neat. It's it's fun. Right. Okay. That perfectly makes sense. I, I I completely understand you, <laughs> and and but I'm assuming that when you talk about things in your house, they somewhat get you. In my house, no one gets me. You know, it's like completely. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, I try. I kind of. Okay, I've tried to explain this to people too. Every every single person that lives in our house is a gamer of some kind. We all play video games. Every single okay. one of us. We all all five of us play different kinds of games. Okay. There are there's very little overlap. So people are often like, Oh, so you guys like all game together? Like, well, sometimes there's some stuff that we do, but often we're all in our own spaces playing different Their games. Their own games. Just like, yeah. yeah, just like if somebody is is, you know, you like all of us like movies, all of us like different kinds of movies you could say. Right. But pretty much pretty much everybody here does does like movies for the most part. I still rein it in sometimes. I, I for a while there I, I, I thought I was driving my husband nuts. When we'd watch stuff and I go, hey, so do you want to know about this? The actor that did this, he did this. And also there's this little behind the scenes thing that you might want to know. And and then after a couple of years, I go, does it drive you crazy when I do that? He's like, no, it's kind of cool. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Ten years later, I don't know if it's the same case, but <laughs> like, how many times do you want to know that Viggo Mortensen broke his foot when he kicked that or broke his toe when he kicked that helmet? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every time, every time. All right. Well, he he only <laughs> broke it once, but it's still. 
Yo, how many times yeah. is my No, nah, I understood. I understood. I understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every year we we annually watch the extended editions. Of course. There's Once nothing a year. I, I don't I don't believe there's anything but the extended editions. I don't know yeah. that there is. Yeah. I, I, I I've seen the theatrical releases during the theatrical releases. Oh, I did too. I, yeah, that's it though. That's, that's otherwise right. I have I saw each of them I saw each of them twice in the theater and that was it. You know. Yep. No more, I, you know. And then, then I would watch the, you know, the extended editions, and and to me, those are the only the the only real things, you know. But I, I I'm not a fan of the Hobbit. It's it's not. Nope, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of the book, The Hobbit, but I'm really not a fan of of what they did within the movie. That's you know? because it was a big giant oops. It was because they they said, oh, let's try and make money instead of making something that's enjoyable. That's exactly. what it comes down to. Let's, let's stretch it out into three movies, you know, when you don't need to. They could have done it all I, in one movie, and it would have been it could have been spectacular. One movie would have been spectacular. Two movies would have been stretching it, but I could have gone all right, maybe. But but it didn't work. And the only one I've watched more than once, I think, is is the first one. I think I've watched that one a couple times, but that's okay. I've seen I've I've actually seen all three numerous times, but not that many. Like because again, I saw each of them in the theater, and right before going to the second one, I watched the first one again, and right before going to the third one, I watched the first two again, and then I think maybe twice I've watched the whole thing to try and say to myself, okay, maybe I missed something, maybe I will enjoy it the next time, and and I just don't. So it's it's been a few years. Yeah, I'm in a place right now where I've considered rewatching all three of them again. Mm. I've actually was just look out for the Stephen Colbert uh, cameo. You, you know, Stephen really? Colbert's in there. I did not. Mm. But, but now they, now I have something to look forward to and hopefully distract me from the <laughs> CGI. No, he's there. He's there for like two seconds. You know, you don't see him for that long. But, uh, right. you know, it, it's still it's always fun watching it because, you know, it's, I, I saw I, I he talked about it on his show uh, a few days before it was released. Uh, pretty sure it was the second one i think it's the dissolution of smog that it's in and i was like oh that's so cool and i I heard where it was and so when i was watching the movie i was able to actually catch it so like every time i see it i know where it is you know but uh it's there literally for two seconds (laughs) (laughs) all right well i will keep an eye out for it whenever i bring myself okay well he has an eye patch so that's really good that you say i'll keep an eye out for it yeah. Oh, I'm so clever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we know that Heather. That that's why I like talking to you. I like having these conversations. You know, because you <laughs> are so clever. But let's move along with when Harry met Sally. So yes, the the scene then changes changes, and we see a couple walking down the street. Um, you know, again, lots of snow. You see snow on the cars, you see snow on the ground, you see snow on the trees on the side there. And you can actually see a sign a little bit in the the distance. Okay, were you able to read what that uh, neon sign says? I can't. Oh, no, it's blurry. It's blurry to me. I'm going to try and pause it. What does it say? It says Umberto's. I don't know what that is. Okay, so Umberto's is actually a famous restaurant in Little Italy in Manhattan. Okay, it is located at 132nd, 132 Mulberry Street. Okay, it is known as Umberto's Clam House. It's an Italian seafood restaurant. Oh, okay. is it still there? Um, one second, we'll get there in a second. And it became right. really, really prominent because, let's say, well, it was opened in 1972 uh, by a man named Umberto... Uh, Ianiello, I think that's how it was pronounced. And just a few weeks after it was open, there was a mob hit there, okay, where they killed a mobster named Joe Gallo. Wow. Yes. That is so delightfully cliche. I can't help but love it. Yes, it it was was two months (laughs) months after they opened it. So Joe Gallo was shot and killed in the restaurant. um, And the New York Times called it one of the most sensational mafia murders in New York history. Okay, his his party of family and friends, including his daughter, wife, and bodyguard, had stopped for an early morning snack after celebrating his 43rd birthday at the Copacabana. Right, a rival gangster spotted him there and sent in hitmen shortly after Gallo was seated at a butcher block table in the in the back corner. He ended up uh, getting shot five times 
and uh, died right there in front of his family. So, That's brutal. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, and, I probably shouldn't say it, it gets cool anymore. Right. But okay. But this this also happened the <laughs> same year that that uh, the Godfather came out. It's happened in, in April 1972. So wow. You know, it, it's just really interesting. I mean, I'm assuming that that the Godfather was already completely filmed, or at least the script was written beforehand. You know. Well, certainly the this this aspect of it. Had to have been. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. No, so I'm saying that the connection between the two is just amazing. You know the way that it that it works. And so the 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 guy whose family this is. So the guy who owns the restaurant, his his son who took it over, uh, was actually connected to the to to the mafia. Okay, his name was uh, Matthew uh, Ianiello. Maddie the horse was his nickname, and. He, he and a local judge, they, they, they were both caught with racketeering and stuff like that. He, was, he skimmed over $2 million from bars and restaurants, including, including this particular restaurant that they owned and a whole bunch of other things. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, I just happened to just see the name there and I was like, oh, wow, that's just really cool. I wonder if I can find what it is. I had no clue that there's any type of connection. Now, what's even crazier is there Jerry Orbach, you know, the, the actor who was on Law & Order, Dirty Dancing, uh, FX. You've probably have seen yes. FX. Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, Toy Soldiers. I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, right? So he actually was friends with Joe Gallo. Wow. Um, because he did a movie th- uh, called The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight in 1971 which was based on a novel by Jimmy Breslin, who we'll probably talk about next week. Okay. And apparently, you know, when, when Jerry Orbach passed away, so this all came up again, the whole fact that he was friends with the crazy Joe Gallo and stuff like that. So it's just really cool. All the connections. I mean, I, I don't know if Rob Reiner chose this shot for some particular reason, or it just happened to be that, that, you know, some, someone was walking down the street and said, Hey, this is a great winter shot. Let's just quickly film yeah. it for, for like three well, seconds. It really, it really is. And I'm still really impressed that you caught it. Cause I even have it paused on my screen right now and I still can barely read it, but I, I like doing that when they, they start shooting what looks like real cities too. I start looking for, for what's familiar. Correct. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, when I went, the first time I went to go visit LA, that was, that was, probably one of the most fun things was driving around, just literally driving around going, Oh, Hey, that's from that movie. Hey, I've seen that. Exactly. That I mean, for sure. It, was, it had nothing to do with LA, anything other than it was just Heather going, I've seen this in movies. That's right. I was, I totally nerded out over it, but I would probably do the same thing as, as I said in our, I think it was the last episode. One of the things that I, I kind of, I have New York romanticized in my, my mind, what it looks like, what it is. And, I don't ever want to visit because I don't want to have it ruined. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I do. I do want to go. And if I did, I kind of would want to go in the wintertime for, for this. I love, I love these shots, though. And I love, I love all the Christmas lights. I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas decorations. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not religious about any of it at all. It's just a traditional okay. thing. But I love That's it. It's, it's, it's absolutely delightful for me. So and this, this little bit in the movie, too. I love winter. I love Christmas. It's yeah. it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a great uh, montage here, no question about that. But but back to Umberto. So so what yes, happened was sorry. when I was no, that's fine. When I was when I was doing my research, so I saw that and I'm like, I'm gonna try and find out where it was. And I spent probably more time than I really should have before I was actually able to find a picture of the sign, the neon sign. That's what I was looking for in order to figure out what it is, you know. And I mean, the fact that that I found that this is a place where there was a mafia hit in 1972. And forget about that. There's even more information I have about this mafia hit. First of all, Bob Dylan did a song called Joey in 1976, okay, which references the the the, the mob hit. And, and one of the lyrics is, one day they blew him down in a clam bar in New York. Okay. <laughs> um, they, they did a survey in 2005 by uh, Zagat and in the restaurant guide, right? And it says that most people who show up to Umberto's are often tourists who expect to see the Sopranos cast 
uh, come come and come to arrive to eat there. Okay, the <laughs> Scorsese's movie The Irishman actually has a scene about this uh, uh, this mob hit. You know, it's in there. So now I have to go rewatch. I have to go spend three hours rewatching the the Irishman to find that that scene. <laughs> No, you don't. No, I know, I know, just, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. definitely. I I thought it was it was it was good, but I I I don't think I'll return to yeah, it again. Right, and the final I actually saw it twice, but you know, uh, bravo. No, because I watched it once, and then when the Oscar when when like right before the Oscars that year, I said, okay, I'm gonna watch all of the best pictures again, and I did. Uh, but uh, the Irishman was a good movie, but it was way too long, and it it Agreed. felt that way. That's the thing. The problem yeah. is, I don't mind long movies. We talked earlier about, you know, the the you know the whole Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. And I don't mind watching long movies. That's fine. But you you don't want to feel that it's a long movie. That's the thing. Nope. If and if nope. it feels like it's a long movie, that's the problem. That was my my biggest complaint about Avatar, the new Avatar. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie, but I think it was just a little bit too long. There were certain things that they uh, could have done. There, I reached at the at the two hour forty minute part. I was like, okay, this is a little too much because it, I'm not going to even fully disagree with you on that. I enjoyed it too. I thought if my my thing was if you like the first one, you will enjoy this. One. I, I, I agree. don't typically. I agree. I don't typically like like I I wasn't excited about the idea that it was going to be the whole family thing. Usually, when you start entering kids into movies like that, they start to suck. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed that aspect of it, the whole family thing. I thought it was really good. I brought my six-year-old to see it in 3D, and he sat through it patiently wow. and wonderfully. Amazing. Yeah, he was – now, the part that I was kind of like, okay, this is very Cameron-esque. All of this stuff looks familiar. It's the same. I, But it's new, and it's different at the same time, which is one of the things I like about Cameron. Uh, I, the, the end. It was it was really the those those final moments. They could have zipped it up a bit exactly. quicker and gotten there That's faster. What... It wasn't it wasn't as necessary to continue dragging the. We've got more fighting going on, and I love fighting and battle sequences. And it was still too much for me. However, six year old loved it. Okay, he, that was his favorite part. That, yeah, in, so that's what's important too. But but I well for him it was for me it was not. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm right with you on that one. It did start to feel long at that point. Correct. And that, but, that was the problem. You're, you're, Especially yeah, since we know there's another three coming out. You know, <laughs> it's like. I know. I, I'll be honest. I didn't believe that that movie was real until my butt was sitting in the theater. I, I agree. I only, agree. Only, only then did I go, this is actually happening. Okay. Right. We've waited 13 <laughs> years for it and it finally came. And because I'm a big fan of the first one. Now, again, the extended edition, you know. I, I wonder what the extended edition of this one will be, but we'll, we'll, I'll wait and I'll wait that wait that one out, you know, because also Avatar is a type of movie like The Lord of the Rings that it's the it's best to see it in the theater, but you can still watch it at home. You know, it, yeah. it's not yeah. terrible to watch at home, but it but for the first experience, if you can watch it in the theater, that's what you do. And it's the only movie that I am going to tell people go see it in 3D. For me, 3D you can pass on in most films. This one, go see it in 3D. Okay, I didn't see it. In, I didn't it. see it in 3D. I saw the first one in 3D. Uh, I've only seen actually two movies in the last like 15 years. I saw one of the Transformer movies in 3D, and I saw that wow. in 3D. Uh, exactly. I'm not the biggest fan of 3D. So. Yeah. Well, it's it's usually gimmicky, and it doesn't enhance the movie at all. Right. This is something that enhances your experience. Right. Well, it's because it's Cameron. It Cameron knows how it's, to do that. Well, Exactly, exactly, which is another reason. The only movie I regret not seeing in 3D was Dread. Okay. That's it. That's fair. That's it, and I wish I would have, but I didn't, and I'll I'll live with it. Oh, well. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to When Harry Met Sally. So the, the, final, yeah. the final bit of trivia that I have about Umberto's is that it also appears in Ghostbusters. They have a montage scene oh. there also, and they also show it there. So I just find that really cool that this movie and, you know, it just, just happened to be there. You know, I, I, and again, I don't know if it's random or if somebody actually, you know, maybe Rob Reiner loves going to that restaurant and says, hey, this is what we're going to put in there. Or maybe he knew that 34 years from now, you know, someone was going to be doing a podcast that's minute by minute of, of When Harry Met Sally and they're going to actually know what Umberto's is. You know? I think that's what it was. Could be. I'm, I'm fairly certain. He may have told me before. 
Yeah, Could be. that's what happened. Sure. It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to have delusions, let them be Granois. Of course. Why not? <laughs> isn't, isn't that what you're supposed to do with delusions? Absolutely. Of course. That's how we become villains. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the montage continues a little bit. And, you know, we, we get a few seconds of this of this couple walking and someone else walks behind them. And then we get to see the ice skating ring of, of uh, I think this is Rockefeller Plaza. You know, you have the the, the nice uh, ice skating ring with, you see everyone in the distance. No one's really close by. The closest is a dog, you know, that's just roaming off yep. on its own, looking to pee on some uh, Christmas tree or, or ever, evergreen. It's actually not a Christmas tree because it's it's still connected to the, to the ground. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> And then we get a shot of uh, Harry and Sally in an area where, you know, they're apparently buying a Christmas tree. And Sally... You know, I don't know why either, but this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I've always loved it. So I'm glad that you got these scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I love the fact that we see Sally negotiating. You know, Harry's just there to to, to, to carry the tree. But Sally's doing yep, the negotiation. Yep. She's, she's there with the money. She's trying to explain, you know, trying to negotiate... Uh, you know, bring him down, haggle him down a little bit. Who knows? So it's it it's really fun the way that they they, they show that. You know, and you see like she takes part of the she takes like one bill and holds it out and says, "This is what I want to give you." And you know, in the end, the guy agrees. You know, so she likes what she likes. She gets what she wants and how she wants it. That's right. <laughs> this is the truth. And then she puts the rest of the money back in her pocket. And then she, she tells Harry, let's go. And Harry grabs the top of the tree and she grabs the bottom of the tree and they start walking. And okay. So this is something that I only found out by listening to the commentary tracks. Okay. You see that they're, they walk by a Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. Who is, you know, I guess the, maybe it's Salvation Army or something, you know, he's, he's, he's collecting, like. collecting charity. You know, which which is something that happens, you know, at this time of year. You always see a lot of Santa Clauses ringing bells and stuff like that. This person, this actor, is Billy Crystal's uncle. Really? Yes. Oh, that's delightful. Okay. <laughs> Billy, Billy Crystal's uncle. And there's actually a documentary about him, which I have not been able to find, find to watch, called My Uncle Burns. Okay, Billy Crystal's daughter Lindsay uh, did uh, made a documentary about her her great uncle Bernhardt, who was known as Burns. Okay, he was he was uh, Billy Crystal's uncle. I don't know when he passed away, but I know that in the commentary they said he was turning ninety four. So if he was turning ninety four, probably I think the commentary was 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 done in maybe twenty ten or two thousand nine. I think wow. it was I think it was like I think it was the twentieth anniversary, if I remember correctly. So. You know, he, he probably is no longer with us. I have not been able to find any real information about him, except for the fact that, that they have a documentary about him, you know, called My Uncle Burns. And apparently, I mean, I was just reading the blurb about this, and it sounds so fascinating. Okay, it, it says, uh, I'm actually just going to read it so people can hear the blurb. It says, Uncle Burns is a fascinating character with a remarkable life story. It becomes clear as we listen to him do his impressions of Hitler or recite limericks that Billy learned his shtick from him. More than just a comedic role model, Burns is a life force. A traumatic incident in his teenage years, which you have to hear him tell to believe, forces him to live on the streets of New York for years, separated from his family. His experience in World War One is equally harrowing, but out of it, he develops an artistic hobby into a profession. On September 11th, Uncle Burns is living in, in the Hallmark, an assisted living community in Battery Park City. Although he is evacuated safely, Burns' near-death experience causes Lindsay, Lindsay is, is Billy Crystal's daughter, to think about how lucky she is to count him as a member of her family. Burns, Burns copes with life's tragedies through this through, through his drawings, a number of which appear in the film, as stills and in animated sequences. Together with home movies and found footage, these illustrations give the film an extraordinary texture. He's a special man, our Uncle Burns, and his story is, in, is as inspiring as it is unusual. And just that blurb makes me want to try and find it. I don't, I don't know where I'm going to find yeah. it. But, you know, you see, that's one of the reasons I love listening to commentaries of movies, because I never would have found this out. He's not listed on IMDb. You know, I haven't been able to find him. I don't know if his name is Bernhardt Crystal or whatever. I mean, even in the IMDb section of My Uncle Burns, it doesn't list him. You know, there's no characters listed. So, 
I don't know. So that's just uh, great to, to, to listen to, 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 to read, to know this information about him. It's really cool to, to, to learn this information just about the commentary, about a minor background character who we see for a second. You know? Yeah. So it's just really cool. Well, this is... This is why Mark and I were were talking about, you know, one of the big advantages to having physical media and still collecting it because we both do um, is you don't get commentaries when you're watching streaming services and that kind of thing. Some of the cool stuff I've learned even about Lord of the Rings. Let's circle back to that again. Watching all four commentaries on all four, yes. all three extended editions, which I have done multiple times over the years. Ditto. But you Ditto. get to find so many neat cool things you would never know um one of my favorite and one of the only sitcoms that i really love uh outside of seinfeld is scrubs i i think i've listened to the commentary on that show at least three or four times as well oh, wow. there's just so many yeah there's just so many great little things you get to learn about the characters the actors the making of and i don't know it makes you feel like you're kind of more a part of it too but that's that's and it's like this little stuff you find out i mean that's so cool yeah now, for, now I want to see the documentary. Yeah, for for me, what's even cooler? I remember uh, the, years ago. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie that that uh, of what movie it was. I was I was listening to the commentary, and the 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 people doing the commentary were talking about the fact that probably no one is no one is is really uh, no one's listening to the commentary. And they said, if you're listening to the commentary, send us an email. You know. <laughs> Uh, from that's from Frequency, awesome. you ever, you, you've seen the movie Frequency, right, with Dennis Quaid? Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. that's such a highly underrated and appreciated movie. Yes. great yeah. movie. It really is. I mean, unfortunately, the the trailer gives away the entire movie, but that's a separate issue. But you, you, the the commentary is with uh, Toby Emmerich, and I'm trying to remember who the second person was. And it was just so much fun listening to this commentary. And they go, by the way, if anyone's really listening to this, send us an email, and they send the email address. I I never. At the time, I, I didn't have the guts to do something like that. Today, I would. So maybe I need to now yeah. track that down and, and re-listen to the commentary. And they'll be surprised that, uh, you know, 23 years later, someone's sending them an email saying, I'm now listening to your commentary. <laughs> do it. Why not? Probably. Uh, I need to actually find it. Time. <laughs> That's what I... Time. 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 The most precious thing that exists. That is yes. the one thing you can never buy. Time. Very true. So, yeah. The, the two of them carry the, this tree off. And, and I don't know if you noticed, but as Sally's walking, she actually bumps into a few of the trees as, as she's yep. going and, uh, you know, knocks off the, the snow. Uh, I'm assuming this is really done in the winter, but I could be wrong. You know, it, it looks like it's real. It does. You know, but as, as you mentioned earlier today, the, I mean, this is a great montage of like little winter things just to show you. You know, the, the, first of all, the change of the season, but also, you know, what time of year we are, we're dealing with, we're dealing. And also it's, it's relevant to, to the later part of the movie. Cause here, you know, we see the two of them working together on Christmas, you know, with a Christmas tree and next year we're going to see something completely different. So this is sort of, you know, to show us the contrast between what happens to the relationship over the course of this next, uh, you know, 12 months of what's happening, even though they don't, they don't show anything about Christmas itself. You know, as you said, we, we, see no. the, we see the Christian decorations. We see Sally buying a Christmas tree because, again, we know this is for Sally. Uh, my assumption is is that Harry is actually Jewish because of the last name Burns. I don't know. Albright is not a Jewish name. So obviously Sally is not. <laughs> so but Harry is still helping her out, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then the scene changes and we see a bottle of champagne uh, open up and. You know, someone is pouring champagne into a bunch of glasses. Did you count how many glasses there are? I did not. I just saw that there was quite a few. Yeah, I, I, I counted ten on the on the tray. Very nice. You know, I mean, again, it's it's a big party that they're at. You know, we we never really know whose party this is. We just know that they're at a no a New Year's party. And as a kid too, I just assumed that everybody had New Year's Eve parties like this. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I thought, that, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, everybody just goes out and has big giant parties and gets dressed up and that kind of thing. Just not our family. Right. But I. Do you go to New Year's Eve parties or do you basically just say, all right, I'm not going out tonight and that's it. I, I no longer go out on any nights of the year where there's heavy drinking. I worked in a bars in the in bar systems for 10 years. So 
I skip New Year's Eve. I don't go out on thanks the night before Thanksgiving. St. Patty's Day, we have a we have a traditional family meal here. That's it. So I avoid all those. In fact, this year on New Year's Eve, I think we were in bed by eleven. Exactly. It's, it's not. Us. It's not a you know. To, for me also, it's not a big deal. You know, sometimes I'll be up. Some I won't. I won't. I don't stay up on purpose. You know, it's just a question of whether I'm still up at midnight or not. That's all it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. If you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. And besides, you are from the future, according to me that and my correct. rules about. I'm from the future. So you... That is true. I, I, you see, I have a twin sister, so so I have a birthday that begins seven hours before hers. I definitely is from the future. Wow. Yeah. You are really from the future. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, I called her and I, you know, I welcome her to the new age. You know, to the. You know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've been here for seven hours so far. Everything's good. Yeah. It's safe for you now. I've, I've cleared the way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then the, 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 the shot changes again and we see people dancing and we see right in, or people at the party and we see Harry and Sally dancing in the middle, having a blast. You know, they're, yeah. they're, 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 she's laughing, he's telling jokes, whatever it is. I mean, we, we don't really get to hear the, much of the dialogue of what they're saying at the, at the beginning, you know, we, then we get a close up and things will change a little bit. First of all, we see that Sally has a new hairstyle. You know, yes. what, what's that hairstyle she called? I couldn't that. remember what it's called. It's, it's a typical eighties hairstyle, you know, with the, with the one ponytail in the front, there, there's a name to it. I, I can't remember what it's called. There is. I wish I knew, but I'm I'm not that well versed in fashion. But it was very popular at the time, and Meg Ryan is pulling it off. Yes, um, yes, she is. She, and and that's something else that they do throughout the entire movie too. They are constantly changing her hair as time changes, yes. which most women do. I'm a rarity. I've had the same hairstyle since I was like 16. <laughs> hey, if it works for you, then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Most, but most women do tend to change their hairstyle regularly and considerably over time. Especially, so, especially if they're newscasters, the, you know, like. <laughs> yes. But yes, her hair, her hair is, is different here. Um, it's definitely very, very 80s. That's the best yeah, way I could describe exactly. it. Exactly. And, and you can, there, the decoration is also very 80s of this whole party. Yeah. It, and, and here too, they're. I don't know how to describe, but I mean, it kind of does feel almost they're they're being friendly still here too. They're dancing. They're not too close to each other, but they are. But they're hugging, but they're not. But there's a sort certain intimacy here that I don't I didn't feel between the two of them right. before this this scene either. Correct. And and I, I'm sure we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But that definitely they notice it as well. Yeah, yeah. And it gets correct. Very much, and we get we get a new song, you know. Now we we get to hear a, uh, a song, you know, sung by Harry Conn Jr. It's a song called "I Can Write a Book." Yes, I love Harry. And Conn. and that is it's not his his song itself, but he's singing it. It's a song from the 1940s musical "Pal Joey," uh, which was uh, the person the people who be in the musical are Gene Kelly and Leila Ernst. Um, oh. And uh, the song's been covered by a lot of different people, uh, by Frank Sinatra, obviously Harry Connick Jr., Dinah Washington, Miles Davis. Um, this this movie was was used here. Uh, this song was used in this movie, obviously, but it's also the soundtrack of Deconstructing Harry, which is a Woody Allen film where Billy Crystal appears. So I just thought that that's a little interesting. Um, and you yeah. you being probably a uh, Fan of Evil Dead. So yes. it was actually used in one of the episodes of the first season of Ash versus Evil Dead. That was so great. I don't remember it being used in that. Yeah, but it was but... the Dino Washington version. It wasn't. Uh... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was a different Also, different definitely, version. definitely watch that. Great show. Yeah. Great show. <laughs> and then uh, the two of them start dancing cheek to cheek. And, you know, Sally once again giggles. And then we, we hear Sally says to Harry, I like you without your beard. You can see your face. And Harry goes, hey, there's my face. And the two of them start <laughs> laughing. You know, it's, and I, again, you started mentioning it a little bit before. This isn't something that you would, that 
it's not something that just plain friends would say to one another. You know, it's 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 an intimacy. It's too right. It's too intimate the way she's saying it. Um, and you know, Harry feels a little embarrassed here, and that's why he says, "Hey, there's my face." You know, he's he's the type of guy who, when he's embarrassed, will will, will throw out a joke. You know, and yep. it works. It works. And then he sort of tries to to change the 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 subject a little bit by saying by by saying to her dipping you and he like starts dipping her uh you know while they're uh you know while they're dancing and you know he he seems like he's having fun but he's also neither of them is really sure how they should be acting here you know they've they, yep. you know we we know that they met in in the um in the fall okay probably you know, we, we know that the, the football game was, was in mid-October. So, you know, they've only known each other this well for two months, two and a half months, something like that. You know, and they are acting like more than just friends. You know, yes. we'll, we'll get a little and bit I more into that tomorrow. Of, but, yeah. Yeah. I think part of, too, showing, I mean, the montage is also showing the, the pass of time mm -hmm. and all of that. But there is also showing the closest of them. She's buying a Christmas tree and he's helping her. Right. That's not to say that your friend can't help you go carry your Christmas tree to your apartment, but it it certainly in this context I think was establishing their closeness. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and yes, especially since you know the whole thing is men and women can't be friends. That is well, true. who is right and who is who is who was wrong here too? And this the scene is the first one where they kind of have to tackle that. But you're right. They're both they're both awkward. But Harry, I think, is more aware of it than she is. Right. Well, it keeps changing between the two of them. But this moment right now, he's the one who's, who's yeah. more aware of it. And as yep, absolutely right, as he starts dipping her, that's actually how this minute ends. So did you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? I don't. I just liked it. OK, that's great. So first of all, this is one of the first places in the script where there is an entire scene that was cut out of the movie. Oh, yes. But we'll get there in a second. So first of all, it starts off. It, it uh, you know, they don't talk about a whole montage. They just say that that we're at the 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 Christmas tree stand, and it says it's Christmas in New York. Sally and Harry, bundled up against the cold, are standing at the Christmas tree stand on the corner, trying to figure out which one to buy. Sally finally chooses one and pays for it. She and Harry pick it up together, one holding the top and the other the bottom, and start to carry it to Sally's together. You know, again. Just descriptive way of explaining what the whole thing. And then it completely changes and it goes to Sally's kitchen. Okay, here's an entirely new scene that doesn't appear in the movie. Okay, Sally has a pastry tube in her hands and she's sitting at a table writing names on Christmas cookies with her friend Alice and Alice's five year old daughter Amy. Remember, we met Alice uh, at, at the cafe with Marie back in back in October, you know, when they, when they were yes. there. So. Uh, then it says, Sally says, his name was Raymond Bradley. Don't even bother committing it to memory. I love hearing about horrible dates. What happened? You know, this is what her, how her friend uh, Alice responds. And she goes, he has an air collection. And then she says to Amy, uh, let me have your hand. Amy puts her hand out as if she was going to be manicured. And Sally decorates her nails with icing. And Alice turns to Sally and says, an air collection? Yeah. He collects air. He has all these mason jars that are labeled. They commemorate important dates in history, like the March on Washington and the day the Mets won the World Series. He was at these events. Sally has finished manicuring Amy's nails and starts to write Harry's name on a Christmas cookie. Sally continues, no. Whenever something important happened, he just goes outside, opens up the mason jar, scoops up some air, caps it, and labels it. And then Alice notes Harry's cookie and says, I don't even know why you don't get involved with your friend, Harry. Sally says, because that's just it. We're friends. But if you could be more, no, he's, he's what? He's a mess. Then why are you making a cookie for him? He's a nice mess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I actually, I totally empathize with that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I've met those guys, certainly. Who, who, I've been that guy. What? Who collect air? A nice mess. Oh, I think nice you're talking mess. about the oh, person who dear. collects the air. <laughs> dear goodness, no, that's absolutely bananas. That's hilarious. Yes, it's, that's so it's hilarious. I understand why they cut it out, but still, you know. Yes, yes. Still. 
And then uh, it says, okay, uh, New Year's Eve party. We know it's New Year's Eve because people are wearing funny hats and there's one of those mirrored things hanging from the ceiling and casting twinkle lights on a fairly large crowd of revelers in a large room somewhere in Manhattan. A band is playing. Harry and Sally are dancing. Harry dips her. So they cut out completely the whole idea about, uh, you know, her saying, you know, I like it without your beard and stuff like that. So, yeah, they didn't actually I mean, that would have that would have definitely built up to it. I'm glad that they didn't put the scene in um, the air scene. You mean? The air scene. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad they didn't put the air scene in, uh, though, weirdly funny, but not necessary. Um, but, yeah, I guess they, they didn't need that conversation, but it's kind of neat to know that they had that conversation. Yeah. Because they would, and she would. She would have she would have friends, and they would be female friends in this world, uh, that would be going. Why aren't you guys together? Well, I, people would say that. I think it's also the contrast. People do that a lot. That's natural. Right. Thing. It's the compliment, compliment and contrast. The fact that Harry had this almost exact same type of conversation with Jess just a few just yeah. la- last last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right so it's there. now giving us the other side. So they they realize they don't need to. But it would have been nice to see that Sally is also talking to her friends about about Harry. You know, the yes, same. Yes, but she's also acknowledged that it's it's there. Yeah. And also acknowledging her affection for him. Correct. That he's a a nice mess. Yeah. 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 I think that's cute. I love as that. opposed I to the mason jar uh, air guy. You know. Yeah, that guy's bloody nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> oh, that's too funny, though. <laughs> yeah. So every Thursday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, uh, courting and dating edition, where my guests will give some sort of story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something that happened to them over the course of life that is somehow related to either dating or courting. So, Heather, you got another story for us? I do, and it's, like, totally appropriate, too. It's a dating It's story. about a guy it's who has mason date. jars with air. <laughs> No, but it is definitely another guy who is a nice man. Oh, okay. It's my current it's my current husband, our first date. And today is actually our ten year anniversary Ooh, of that date. Very so nice. I congrats, know I congrats. figured that out. Thank you. It's been ten lovely years. However, I had I'd been married before and we were together for a long time. And when I met him, I was I was really young. I was only nineteen. And when we split up, I was like twenty eight or so. So technology had changed quite a bit in that timeline, too. There's texting, and you can send video pictures, and it was a whole world I totally didn't understand. But I'd never really dated before that. So I've met all these guys in these weird circumstances. This is when I started working at the sports bar, too, and I was just, I just, I was not getting it. And people weren't really dating, either. There was a lot of dating sites and that kind of thing, but people were just meeting and hooking up. So my husband... He and I were friends. We were friends for a while before we started dating. I didn't even know that he had asked me on a date. When he, I was, I was talking to a guy and I'm like, no, he's awful. He's awful. And he goes, all right, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to show you the way that you should be treated. Mm, Very nice. Yes, 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 exactly. So I was like, he left and I, I looked at my friends and I went, is this a date or is this just a friend thing? I don't, I had no idea. I had no idea. So he showed up to my door. He's in a suit. I was dressed nice. Well, wow. he was in a suit. He opened the door of his truck for me. He did all of these old fashioned traditional things that not necessarily my bag, but I totally appreciated. He took me to a nice dinner. He paid for it, which I did not expect. That was not something that I think men have to do. He paid for it, which was very nice. And then afterwards he said, oh, we've got We've got like an hour to kill. He wouldn't tell me what we were doing. I said, okay. I said, do you want to go back to your place for a little bit? So we went back to his place and we played some video games, which for me is a great day. We played video games. And then he took me to an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. He took me to The Last Stand. Now I know this is not all women's dream dates, <laughs> but for me, he knows how much I love Arnie. So he took me to an Arnie movie. Is he a fan so also or not? Or he just... Yes. Oh, okay, because yes. I was wondering but, how much he was sacrificing himself for that one. No, 
Well, that's part of the reason why we're. I mean, it was it was a bad movie, but that's besides the point. It's it's another one of those. It was a fun bad movie. I, I was just about to say that it's another one of those that's yep. fun, but completely stupid. <laughs> yep, super fun. And then afterwards, uh, we went to the bar that I worked at. We had one Jack and Coke. We played the jukebox for a little while. We like a lot of the same music. And then he took me back to my apartment, walked me to the door, gave me a hug. He didn't even kiss me, and. He said, now that's how you should be treated anytime anyone takes you out. Wow. And that was it. And I still wasn't sure if it was a real date. <laughs> <laughs> it clearly was. Wait, nowadays you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now no. I know. Now I know. But yeah. Yeah. So so that that was that was the best date I have ever been on. Wow. Very cool. That is a great story. But I also thought oddly like related to when Harry met Sally too. For sure. It was a are we are we friends or aren't we friends? I don't know. He and for a long time he liked a friend of mine, so it was even even more confusing. Wait, before or after? I was like, but you before, oh, okay. before. <laughs> it had fizzled out. It had fizzled out a bit by then. But yeah, it was just it was it was it was great. So I still have my ticket stub somewhere. Ooh, very cool. I I used to keep my ticket stubs I had so many I eventually I lost them along the way. Yeah. Oh no, I keep yeah, them no, all over, anymore. but I just shove them in random places and I'm not a pack rat by any means. In fact, I'm the opposite. But I like it when I randomly find them and I pop up and I go, Oh, this and I'll look at it and see when it is and then I can remember the entire day and it's I understand that. It's wonderful. Yes. I, I, yeah. I can relate. Yeah, it's I can relate. Yeah. All right, great. Do you wanna tell people how they can get in touch with Heather Baxendale? Oh yeah. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook under my pen name, HB Walsh. Uh, you can find my first book on Amazon. It's called The Prophecy Lost. Um, and the second book should be out, I'm hoping, within the next four to five months. It'll be called The Prophecy Part Two Bounty Hunters. Wow, very cool. All right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So, Heather, you feel like coming back again tomorrow to finish off this week and and you know maybe maybe we'll actually even hit new year's i do i do i do i do especially since you we both already stated before that we don't stay up for new year's so maybe if we come back no. tomorrow we will both be up for for you know for the counting down to 1988 beginning or 1989 this is actually wait one second this is 1988 this is between 87 and 88 so yeah all right yeah and then all right. Sounds good. So I was seven then. This is when I was staying up till till midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Makes sense. So until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll definitely have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.